Mitch Hanniger strained his oblique, and Brandon Crawford is dealing with a knee issue. Is it time to panic, or do the San Francisco Giants have answers? You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, unfortunately, we have some injury updates to talk about. Uh, Just last Friday, we were talking about how uh, my number one question going into 2023 was the corners for the Giants. Yes, there are questions up the middle, but it was like, can Mitch Hanniger and Michael Conforto return to all-star form? And then David VR and and, uh, Lamont Wade Jr., can they kind of reestablish, you know, in VR's case, establish himself, in Wade's case, reestablish himself. And then right after that, Mitch Hanniger is scratched from the lineup on Friday, and we find out that he has a oblique issue. I'm realizing, did I possibly say hamstring in the open? If I did, I, I certainly meant uh, he has a oblique issue, and it's been diagnosed as a grade one oblique strain, which is uh, you want the grades to be lower. And so it's relatively mild, apparently, but obliques are just an issue in baseball that can be a big problem because basically you cannot swing until it's 100% healed and then some. Like you need, you really need to make sure it's completely gone before you try and resume any kind of baseball activity because of all the twisting that you do. And so uh, it's not what you want to hear. It's a good thing that it's mild. Hanniger has missed a lot of time i mean there was one time he had a more serious oblique issue that forced him to miss like six weeks or something but he said that was just way way worse than this and so hopefully they're kind of getting ahead of it and shutting him down and i mean he says that he thinks he can still be ready by opening day so the the main concern for me is like don't push it if you have to miss like three days miss three days it's better than re-aggravating it and missing two months and so hopefully that's what they do i'm sure that is the plan and the question is okay let's say he did have to miss some time what happens in that event because First of all, I just want to point out every team deals with this. That's the thing about a baseball season. And that's why depth is so important is because guys go down. It just happens every year. You don't know who or when, but it happens. You know it's going to happen. And so what does the depth look like behind Mitch Hanniger? We've mentioned before, uh, I mentioned Stephen Piscotti as a possible guy who like represents uh, depth behind Mitch Hanniger. But but. The guy who actually comes to mind first and foremost for me right now is is Blake Sable because Sable, the Rule 5 pick, has to make the opening day roster or else be offered back to the Pirates. And I don't think the Giants want to do that because he's having just an incredibly impressive spring. Yes, spring training statistics are not necessarily meaningful, but he couldn't be doing more than he's doing. He's had a hit in over 50% of his at-bats, meaning a batting average over 500. He's hit a bunch of homers, at least three. Uh, 
he's shown some good speed and just looks like a guy you don't want to have to offer back. It wasn't just like Giants took a flyer on him as a Rule 5 pick either. They went out of their way to trade for him after he was picked fourth overall in the Rule 5 draft by the Cincinnati Reds. And so it was... I wouldn't, I, I mean, in my first guess at predicting the 26-man roster when spring training first opened, my kind of big hot take at the time was that Blake Sable would make it over Joey Bart. And I kind of have maintained that a little bit because I don't think they want to lose him. But if like that always seemed like somewhat of a long shot, be, I mean, here's the thing. Joey Bart has a minor league option year remaining. And so you could send him down, keep Sable, see what you have, but it would possibly make him like the primary catcher and there are questions defensively. But a lot of people say, well, we think he can hit, but the question is defensively a catcher. Well, guess what? He's also an outfielder. And that's why when I say Mitch Hanniger potentially being injured, I think the number one guy who would stand to quote unquote benefit from that is Sable because I think they want to do, they're probably going to end up, unless he just gets hurt or like goes into a tailspin at the plate or something. But I think they've probably seen enough where they're intrigued by this guy who's like 25 years old, left-handed bat, and has just really, really impressed them. I think that they're going to want to have him on that opening day team. And so if Hanniger were to go down, uh, you know, you're still looking at your platoon in center field with Yastrzemski and Slater. You're still looking at Conforto in it looks like now right field, we were thinking left, but the shoulder's doing so well, we're now talking about right. And then I suppose you could just have Sable out there in left. And then you might end up seeing actually Slater platoon with Sable as opposed to Yastrzemski in that case. And they're also trying out guys like Tyro Estrada in the outfield. Estrada has played there from time to time over the last couple years. I don't particularly love moving guys like out of position. They've had some success with it with like Mauricio Dubon. He was a middle infielder, but they kind of said, oh, wow, we think he can play center. And sure enough, he was a pretty darn good defensive center fielder. And so that could, I think Estrada is not quite as like athletically explosive as Dubon was. But anyway, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but I think it's Sable would be the first that would benefit from that. By the way, Austin Slater is also dealing with his own injury. He's had like an elbow problem, but he finally played. Uh, he was the DH in their game yesterday. But I think that they are saying that he's on track still to probably be ready by opening day. But, you know, guys are going to go down and losing Mitch Hanniger. This is why you just have to be really conservative when it comes to injuries you because it's much better to if you have to lose them even for two weeks to start the season much better than two months and it would potentially open the door for a young player like Sable who I think otherwise still might make the team and hopefully I mean Hanniger has said he's confident he can be ready for opening day so we shall see but then we find out today that Brandon Crawford is dealing with left knee discomfort which is what kind of derailed his season a little bit last year and it wasn't until they really shut him down and let him heal it up that he was able to come back and play really well down the stretch but to hear that it's kind of resurfaced here and then the word is he will not participate in baseball activities for one week that that sounds relatively serious and so coming up in just a minute we're going to talk about the ramifications there because 
a lot of the talk over the offseason. I mean, of course, they tried to get a shortstop. They agreed to terms with Carlos Correa, but that didn't happen. And once that didn't happen, what does the depth behind Crawford look like? It's not great. And so what does it do? Uh, what are the ramifications if Crawford has to miss some time? We'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential uh, hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've used it myself when looking for a job, and it is incredibly valuable on both ends, I think, for the employer and for the potential employee. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience, and you can demonstrate that as a potential employee. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, here we go. We're going to discuss the ramifications of this knee issue that's come up with Brandon Crawford because I mean this is kind of going off on a tangent as well but I was recently asked in a mailbag episode for someone who was going to have a year to forget and at first I said maybe David VR and then I took it back I said I'm rooting for the guy so hard and I believe in him so I don't know why I said him just that he has to prove himself and then in my mind, I'm thinking the guy who maybe I'm leaning towards could be Brandon Crawford simply because he's coming off a year that was not good. And it was certainly a year to forget. Certainly, he did play well down the stretch. The defense improved a lot. He had some struggles in the first half of the year defensively and with the bat. But he was much better in the, in the last couple months of the season. But he is entering his age 36 season. And if you're just relying on this guy to be your primary shortstop, with all the, the kind of wear and tear on him over the years, he was so durable for so long, but last year finally started to have some injuries. And now here we are again in spring with some more issues cropping up. And so he's important to the Giants, but it's also important that they kind of figure out their shortstop position for the future because he's only signed through 2023 and then he reaches free agency. And it's not clear that he will be back with the Giants, although given that next year's free agent class for shortstops isn't great. It is possible he could be back. But uh, what are the Giants going to do if this guy has to miss some time? Well, I mean, it appears as though Tyro Estrada is kind of the straight second option on the roster. But Tyro Estrada is your starting second baseman. And so if you move Estrada to short, where he's, you know, graded out well defensively, to me, the arm doesn't isn't quite a shortstop's arm, but he has done a serviceable job there when he's filled in in the past. But it's probably a downgrade defensively. And then what does it do at second base? So what it does is it the Giants have some options because the first thing that kind of comes to mind is if you're just dealing with players who kind of already project onto the major league roster, David VR has gotten a lot of looks at second base. He played there in the majors some last year. He's played there some in spring training. But if suddenly you're looking at middle infield defensively of Estrada at short and VR at second, that's 
I think it's largely you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, and it could be not great because VR, as much as he's like a young player and, you know, youth is kind of valuable when it comes to mobility and all that, he's not someone I think of as super rangy, whereas I think Estrada is. But so if you move, the thing is, if you move VR to second, you you also have that kind of log jam of right-handed hitting corner guys with uh, VR himself, although second base wouldn't be a corner, but also Flores and J.D. Davis. And so if VR goes to second, it opens up third. And perhaps at third base, in that case, you could put J.D. Davis where he has, you know, you kind of want to find a way to get his bat into the lineup more often. He's not a guy with platoon splits. His problem It's just that he hasn't been great defensively. And so suddenly, if you lose Brandon Crawford, it might put like three different guys out of position in and and by out of position. I mean, J.D. Davis has played a ton of third. He just hasn't played it great in his career. He was okay there with the Giants last year, but suddenly you'd be having a subpar defender at third. You'd have Estrada out of position at short and you'd have David Villar kind of out of position at second and it would be a pretty kind of unproven infield in a lot of ways with Lamont Wade Jr. and Wilmer Flores. Obviously, Flores proven, but Wade less so in a platoon at first. And then DH, you'd be looking at Jock Peterson. But then what if it's a lefty on the mound? Then you're not going to have Peterson out there. And it was supposed to be J.D. Davis, but then who plays third? And so it does open up a bunch of questions if you lose Brandon Crawford. But if you don't want to go that route, there are a couple of other options. And those options are the two lefties the Giants have on their 40-man roster who we are not figuring into the major league team to start the year, but they might if there's an injury, which there is. And it it just remains to be seen. A lot of these injuries that we're seeing, it's like, is it going to affect the opening day roster or not? It's, It's a close call on all of them, it seems. But... I'm talking about Isan Diaz and I'm talking about Brett Wisely and Wisely kind of like Blake Sable has had a really impressive spring and also like Sable he seems like a guy who maybe could play multiple positions he has been playing short he's played second and also now they're playing him in center and they're just kind of they're they're saying they've just been really impressed with what they've seen when he's been out there and so they started him in a game in center field the other day uh and I don't know. They it's not like they've always certain guys like your mean Mercedes had no business really playing in the outfield, but other guys they've kind of moved to the outfield and had success with. And so I'm not gonna just write off that this is always a bad idea. And certainly spring is the time to find that out. Uh play them out there and see what happens, see what it looks like and you know, see what the routes look like and the the how good your jumps are, etc. But anyway, Brett Wisely, I think more and more looks like a guy who could make that opening day roster, A, because if perhaps he can play center, that would be a scenario with Mitch Hanniger possibly missing some time. And B, if Brandon Crawford misses some time, maybe you just put Brett Wisely out there at shortstop, leave VR at third, leave Tyro Estrada at second, and just see what you have in Brett Wisely. Now with Isan Diaz, the, the issue I have is that while he had a really nice offensive season in AAA and you know, I've heard reporters talking about how there were lots of defensive highlights coming out of the minor leagues as well last year. But, you know, he's played quite a bit in the major leagues. He's got 
about a thousand innings of experience on the field. And we're talking about minus seven defensive runs saved at second base, minus three defensive runs saved at third, more than um, like almost, yeah, more than double the amount of time at second than third. And so it's just not been good when he's been out there at second or third. It, it looks like a lower number at third, but he's played far fewer innings. And so, okay, what about outs above average? Minus 12 outs above average at second, minus four at third. What about ultimate zone rating? Minus five runs above average at second, minus 2.7 runs above average at third. And so I don't quite understand why more people aren't talking about the fact that this guy has a track record of being a poor defender, essentially, at the major league level. Now, granted, I haven't watched him a ton in the minors, and maybe he was able to improve some things, and he's still very young. And, you know, so I always believe guys can improve, but he was not good defensively. He's not a shortstop. I've heard people talk about him as an option to play short. He was poor defensively at second and third, and so that doesn't to me, suggest, okay, let's put him at shortstop, which is a more demanding defensive position. But Brett Wisely, I mean, he doesn't have any major league experience. Uh, and I don't, I haven't scouted him extensively, but they seem to believe that he's the more capable defender at short than Isan Diaz. And that would probably mean more capable at second as well. And if he can play center too, he's only 23 years old. And they think pretty highly of him. They only got him. They got him in a trade from the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Rays have this kind of perpetual 40-man roster crunch when it comes to protecting players from the Rule 5 draft, and they just don't have enough room, and so they end up having to trade guys away, and the Giants kind of took advantage of that and traded for Brett Wisely, but they believe that he can be a major factor, and so, and by a major factor, I just mean potentially a solid slash good major league player and so we we may just find out if there's an injury to Brandon Crawford so they do have their their options and we kind of explored the main ones but there are even others as well we talk about Casey Schmidt as a guy who could I'm not saying he's going to make that opening day roster especially when you look at the fact that Wisely and Diaz are already on the 40 man and they would be able to figure out how to resolve losing Brandon Crawford, using players already on their 40-man roster. But if Casey Schmidt goes to AAA and just kind of dominates offensively, he's been playing short in spring some. And he played short when Marco Luciano went down in high A Eugene last year. And so if they really view Casey Schmidt as a capable defensive third baseman, that might be your best option. But I think they want him to, to kind of prove he's dominating offensively at the highest non-major league level before they were to give him that opportunity. But I feel pretty good about the depth that I've just mentioned here behind uh, these players potentially going down in both the infield and the outfield. Thankfully, pitchers have been all right. Alex Cobb got hit with the comebacker, thought for a moment, he thought for a moment he was going to miss the season with a broken knee, but he turned out to be fine. And so, you know, at least for now, the starters are intact, but the Giants' depth, I think, provides solid alternatives at multiple positions here. And what about Marco Luciano? Uh, obviously, he's further away, has only played like a handful of games in Double A in their postseason last year. But Gabe Kapler had an extremely scorching hot take about Marco Luciano, who's recovering from his own injury, a lower back 
fracture, stress fracture, and he had something very, very interesting to say about the future of Marco Luciano. So you're not going to want to miss that conversation coming up in just a minute. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness Bracket is here again. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's the time to make it count. Go to Built marchmadness.com to vote for your favorites you know i'll be voting for cookie dough it's been near and dear to my heart ever since it first arrived in my life so blissfully and if you want to have an incentive to vote here let me tell you when you vote for your favorite bar or puff you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built not only that but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door you've got to try built it's the best protein bar ever bar none they're so amazing you won't think they're good for you that but they are uh Low sugar, low calorie, high protein. Talking close to 20 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, stuff like that. It really is incredible. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote there every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. All right, as promised, we are going to Talk about Marco Luciano a little bit. Gabe Kapler had something very interesting to say. Also, by the way, I didn't even mention this, but Dave, not Dave, what am I talking about? Dave, yeah, David VR has a mild hip flexor strain. And they said that uh, he's going to continue to progress with activity and be reevaluated daily. So, I mean, his status potentially in, in jeopardy for opening day. And so what happens if you miss Brandon Crawford? lose Brandon Crawford and you lose David VR kind of throws a lot of things for a loop. But honestly, I kind of support the fact that they have some young players who look like they deserve a chance and probably would get a chance if some of these guys go down. And so, I mean, Schmidt, I don't think he's quite there yet, but it wouldn't take much. Like if he has a good month plus in AAA offensively, you know, the glove plays. And so he whether it's at third or short, would be in line to get an opportunity at some point this year. And that's exciting because the last several years when guys have gone down, they haven't really had like guys, you young players, you really are like who are ready and deserving of an opportunity. They've had to go to kind of waiver claim guys like your mean Mercedes, et cetera, to fill those spots. But finally, it looks like they have some, some young talent who, who, will be deserving of getting that opportunity. Hopefully we'll see. I mean, if Casey Schmidt goes to AAA and struggles, that could change everything. But what Kapler said about Marco Luciano is that the Giants quote, feel really good about where Marco Luciano is physically and the camp he had before being optioned yesterday. So he was optioned. Elliot Ramos was also optioned. No surprise there. They're on the 40 man. They weren't going to make the opening day roster. So you got to option them at some point. But here's what Kapler said, quote, we feel like he, Marco Luciano, has a chance to make an impact at the major league level as soon as this season, end quote. And so that is the scorching hot take that Marco Luciano, maybe they're going to be a little bit aggressive with him because uh, him impacting the major league team this season, that would just be fantastic. Can you imagine if Kyle Harrison debuts this year, Casey Schmidt debuts this year, uh, others like RJ Dabovich, maybe Brett Wisely has a little bit of a breakout. We'll see about Blake Sable. A lot of interesting young players. But if Marco Luciano, who 
you know, he played in high A last year, did really well prior to the back injury, and then he came back and he just wasn't quite the same, but really was strong prior to the back injury. He's going to start in double A. And if he dominates in double A, which is not a given, but if he does, then you could definitely see him get promoted to triple A towards, you know, the second half of the year. And that would possibly make him a September call-up if he goes to AAA and can and continues to hit well. And even if he's not a September call-up, to finish the year by doing well in AA or even getting promoted to AAA, it would put him in line to make his major league debut in 2024. And so, I mean, the, physic, the physical component of this is so important because he's coming back from a stress fracture in his back, low back, which is just not what you want to hear from a top prospect hear about a top prospect like this but the fact that they think he's doing so well i just hope that they're right and that he that, that this just gets put behind him and he goes out there and recovers physically goes to the minors does well and as kapler said they view him as a guy i mean he wouldn't say that if he if they hadn't if he hadn't had a discussion with farhan zaidi and you know the 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 whole staff that decides like where to place young players in the minors and how to promote them and how aggressively or how conservatively to move them along. And so I don't know, it's a huge year for Marco Luciano. I'm the, the biggest takeaway is I'm happy to, uh, to hear that they say that he's progressing well health wise. And so, yeah, I hope he just starts the minor league season on time and just has a great year. And man, if we see him in addition to all these other young guys, it could be a fun season in a lot of ways for finally starting to kind of have that pipeline arrive at the major league level. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Also, smash that subscribe button if you haven't done so already on YouTube. Anyway, thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.